0: Good morning, touch your neighbor and say good morning, welcome each other this morning, say it's good to see you, say it's good to see you this morning, I'm glad you're in this place, welcome. We're in a series entitled Emotions. If you have your Bible, you can take it to the book of Daniel. Daniel is in the Old Testament, kind of towards the end or right in the middle of your Bible. Daniel chapter 2, if you didn't bring a copy of God's Word, it's alright, it'll be up on the screen. We're in a series entitled Emotions, dealing with what's real, what's raw, stress that we come under, and uh, really the worries that weigh us down, and we live in the Silicon Valley, and there's a lot of worries, there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of things you and I deal with on a day-to-day basis that just compounds in this area, and so we're learning through this series how to manage our emotions better, and we're looking at this character by the name of Daniel. Now, if you grew up in the church, you're very familiar with Daniel. Matter of fact, your name may be Daniel. My brother's name is Daniel. And so there's Daniel's a popular name. It's a great name and it's based off of an amazing Character, And so we're studying the life of this character. We're going through this book. And we're kind of just diving in deep on this book. And we're just asking God to reveal his truth that's hidden in his word. And so we came to Daniel chapter number 1. And Daniel and his three friends were taken from Jerusalem. They were taken 900 miles away to Babylon, which is in modern-day Iraq. And that's where they were put into that city. And it's in that city that they hear and they experience a totally different culture and instead of becoming like the culture they maintain their standing god uses them in a profound way and so we're in chapter two of daniel and we're going to dive right in notice if you would beginning in verse number one the bible says in the second year of his reign nebuchadnezzar had dreams his mind was troubled and he could not sleep Verse number two, so the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I've had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king, may the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers. This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more, they replied, Let the king tell his servants the dream and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I am certain that you are trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is only one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, There is no one on earth who can do what the king asked. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologers. What the king asked is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. This has made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and the men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends and to put them to death. Now, we notice in chapter one, these guys just got promoted. Bad day for a promotion. They just got promoted. It's like, hey, welcome. You're now in upper management. Guess what? We just foreclosed. I mean, it's just like we've gone bankrupt. It just didn't last that long. What a bad day for a promotion. What a bad day to get promoted into a bigger problem is what they got promoted into. But here's what I love about this character, and you're going to know why I love this character so much. The Bible says when Erok, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact now here 's what 's amazing here 's what I love. Daniel knows how to keep his head when he 's about to lose it. I worked on that so hard i 'm glad I got some pity laughter from you i 'm glad you 're half awake i 'm I can see our coffee's not that great. It's not that strong. All right, we will up our coffee for next week. Our coffee game will be much stronger. But in our day and age, it seems like we lose our heads over anything. We lose our cool. We get upset about small things. Somebody cuts you off on the way to work, you can get upset. Somebody all of a sudden just does something wrong to you that you just feel like, man, they didn't leave me enough parking space, or they sat in my seat on Sunday, or they didn't smile at me, they didn't greet me. We can just get upset. And so Daniel, I love how he approaches Aroch. The Bible says he approaches it with wisdom and tact. How many of you, an interaction would go so much better if you would approach it with wisdom and tact? This is a relational series is what it is now. It's all about approaching that person, that difficulty with wisdom and tact. Just saying, hey, what does this person need? Because sometimes just the tone of your voice can change the conversation. Just your very tone. And so here, Daniel, he approaches this with such, with such a, a, a right tone. And then he asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Erok then explained the matter to Daniel. After this, Daniel went to the king and asked him for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azrael. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. I know today we live with a lot of stress. We live with a lot of anxiety. A recent study said America is the most anxious country in the world. We just live with this low-grade anxiety that's just kind of always there. And it doesn't take much just to trigger it. You've seen people get upset about the smallest things and little things. I've been at McDonald's where people got upset, really upset that the breakfast was not available. And they were like, it's 11, They were like, well, 15 minutes, you can make it for me. They're just getting so upset. I was like, it's McDonald's. The food's not that good anyway. It's terrible for you. They're probably doing you a favor by not serving it to you, okay? You'll probably live about two weeks longer. So you should thank him and save your $5 and go away. But you can just see people get so irate and so upset but daniel he does something very different even though he's in a terrible situation and you and i are going to go through terrible situations you see i think too often when we uh became a christ follower if you're not quite a christ follower there's this misnomer that once we start following jesus we no longer have problems Like, the problems just gloriously melt away. Like, Christians live on this different plane. Like, everything's perfect for if you're a Christian. Like, your car never runs out of gas if you're a Christian, right? And your wife is always happy with you. And your children rise up every morning and call you blessed, you know? And it's like, that doesn't happen, you know? It's just like, and you always get a refund on your taxes, you know? It's like, no, no, I had to pay taxes just like everybody else. And no, my kids are, are causing me problems just like everybody else's kids you know, and, uh, uh, just, a uh, uh, normal life stuff happens. But here's what we miss being a Christ follower is the fact that we can still come to God and we can praise him because stuff still happens. Stuff's still going to happen to you. The car's going to break down. And some of you have made the mistake of saying, can it get any worse? And I'm here to tell you, Oh yes, it always can get worse. <laughs> I remember when digital and I were dating, You see, her parents weren't too fond of her, number one, dating a pastor. Number two, they wanted her to be a traditional Filipino woman and marry a Filipino man. And I was like going to mess up their plans. So they were trying to uh, to get me to go and look for somebody else. So they told their daughter, you know what? You guys can date eventually. But guess what? For one year, no communication. They thought I was going to leave. They don't know me. They don't know. They don't know. I was sticking around. They were like, no phone calls, no text message, no letters, no, no nothing, no communication. I was like, what about smoke signals? You man, I will bring it back. Morse code does Morse code count. Like, what are we talking about? What about getting the airplane in the sky that writes the letters, you know, that you only can see for like five minutes, you know? And so she had just had this conversation with me and it was on a Saturday evening and I had to drive a couple hours away to go preach. And so I was, it had that conversation. I thought she was just trying to dump me. So I was upset. And, and uh, she was like, I remember you walked away and you threw your coffee. And I was like, well, it wasn't coffee. I didn't drink coffee back then. It was hot chocolate. So I walked around like everybody else. It was always hot chocolate because I thought coffee was nasty, but I wanted to look manly. And, you know, I was like, I got my coffee. And she was like, You threw it. You were so upset. I was like, Yeah, I was upset. And it just seemed like a cool thing to do, like throw something, you know. It just, in hindsight, you just look like a child, you know, and just throwing a little fit, you know. And uh, I went and bought myself a sucker after that lollipop, you know. And, uh, it, you know, so, so I get in my car and I'm driving, and all of a sudden I'm just like, man, this is a terrible day. This is a lousy day. All of a sudden I'm going down the 58 freeway and I'm going through Bakersfield. And all of a sudden I hear this, the thump, the thump. And I was like, Oh man, a flat tire. Are you kidding me? It's the middle of the night and I'm on the 58, nobody really around. And so I get out and I'm going to start changing the tire. And I'm just like, so upset. I'm like, can it get any worse? And immediately I hear thunderclap in the distance and a torrential downpour as I'm changing the tire. So you just know, man, I am like every bad word I can think of. And you're just kicking stuff. You're upset. It always can get worse because life happens. Some of you, you had an it that happened this week. Maybe it was a difficult conversation. Maybe it's a situation you're dealing with. that's just ongoing, but it's an it real talk. My wife and I had to deal with it yesterday. There was just some things. Some of you have to deal with it today. Some of you know you have to deal with it this week, but I'm here to tell you it happened. It happens. It always does. And so we see in this passage, you can't avoid it. I don't care if you feel like, well, God and I are like this, nothing bad ever. It's going to happen. And it happened to Daniel here. He just got a promotion. Things should have been looking up. I mean, these guys, hey, come on, they just been taken from their homeland, their parents have been murdered, their friends and family gone, their way of life is gone, you would think they could catch a break, and you're like, man, they finally caught a break, they went vegan, and they got promoted, I'm not advocating being vegan, you know, uh, meat is still tastes pretty good, and, uh, you know, so, but here they, they they get promoted, and immediately as soon as they get promoted, this king has this crazy dream, and it makes him so upset that if he doesn't get the dream and the interpretation, he's going to kill somebody. You say, well, why can't he remember his dream? you ever had a dream that just kind of irked you, woke you up in the middle of the night, and you tell your spouse or whatever, you're like, man, I had this crazy dream. What was it? I can't remember. Can't remember. But it was crazy. It was nuts. It was just a crazy dream. I had this dream about our student pastor, John, right before our big epic Easter event. And I look over and John has got a bunch of cigarettes in his mouth in my dream. And he's like, and he's smoking all these cigarettes. I was like, John, what are you doing, man? You're smoking cigarettes. cigarette. He's like, am I going to get fired? He's like, I'm just so nervous about Easter. <laughs> you know, that was my dream. I was like, you're not going to get fired, but quit smoking. And so he's like, oh, I just can't stop. You know, he's just smoking cigarettes. So, and it just, it's just weird dreams that we have, you know, but I remember that one. Okay. It was just a weird dream. And so for the... These these, uh, uh, Hebrews, this happened. It happened. It's frustration. You and I are going to go through things in life that are frustrating. And here's what I'm here to tell you this morning. You are experiencing stress because the problems around you are overwhelming the peace within you. Let me say it again. You're experiencing stress because the problems around you are overwhelming the peace within you. You see, this morning, if you are a child of God, you've accepted Jesus in your heart. The Bible says that there is a peace inside of you. The Bible also talks about but that... that Peace is the fruit of the Spirit. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. He didn't give it as a good option. He didn't say, hey, if you want peace. He said, it's a command to let it rule and reign. Not your anxiety, not your depression. He said, your peace, let peace rule and reign. And some of you are like, I don't have peace. It's there. You're just not keeping it. You say, what do you mean? Keeping my peace. You see, peace is there. You're not letting it rule and reign because you've got all these problems around and it's normal stuff. Most of the time it's normal. It's the bills. It's making dinner. It's picking up the kids. It's dealing with the husband. It's dealing with the work. It's dealing with that coworker. It's dealing with family. It's normal stuff. But what happens is we get surrounded by all these problems that are around you and it starts robbing our peace. I didn't say our joy, our peace, that peace that passes all understanding. It's... It's gone. So anything sets you off. Anything makes you mad. Anything just gets you in a mood where you just feel like getting upset and angry and mad. And so it's because you're seeing all these problems. You see, many of us are looking for the answer to our anxiety and it's keep the peace. You see, stress and anxiety come because we think the outcome is is up to us. Think about it for a second. There's the astrologers, the first group that went to the king of Babylon, that first group, they freaked out. They said, nobody should do this. Only the gods can answer this and this question, but they don't dwell with man. They're up in heaven. They're freaking out. Why? Because they felt like the outcome is up to them. And many of you are wearing the outcomes. You feel like the outcome's up to you. You feel like the outcome, if your children are going to turn out, it's all up to you. Here was what I'm, I'm my oldest is only eight, but I've learned I really don't have that much control over them, even if they're an eight-year-old. You're like, well, yeah, you do, man. You just, a, come on, old school, you know, you just go old school on them. And just, you just look them in the eye, and, man, you put them in the corner, and you just time them out or whatever. You know what? At the end of the day, fast forward 18 years from now, I don't really have control over them. I don't really have control over my spouse. I don't really have control over my situation. There's so little I actually have control over, it'll, it'll amaze us but too often, we start thinking we can control it, and when we start to control, we realize that we actually can't, so we're wearing that expectation that we've got to control it, and that's what causes our anxiety, because you think you actually can control everything, and you can't. You see, this is really helpful for us control freaks here today. This is going to be therapy. This is going to be good. You know, some of us, anxiety just creeps up. I just watched the trailer for this movie called The Quiet Place. Any of y'all heard about The Quiet Place? Just the trailer gave me anxiety. I just saw it. I was like, you can't talk, you can't make noise, you know. And she's giving birth in the bathtub, and the creatures will get you if you make any noise. And then she steps on a nail, and it's just like, I yeah, no, I just couldn't do it. I could not do it. If you can do it, you're a much better Christian than I. But it was just my anxiety, which is up there. I couldn't handle it. And so this morning we see that you know what? God wants to give us this peace. We have it, but we've got to utilize it. We've got to protect it. You see, how do I protect this peace? You see, let me flip it. Peace exists when the praise within you overwhelms the problems around you. Did you notice what happens? Did you notice what happens? Turn again to verse number 19. You see, in verse number 18, the Bible talks about how these guys get together. They have this prayer meeting. And then in verse 19, the Bible says, The secret was revealed unto Daniel on a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Let me ask you a question Did anything change? Is the death threat over? Did the king knock on Daniel's door and say, hey, guess what? It's all good. Did Aroch show up with his soldiers and say, hey, guess what? I was sharpening my axe, ready to take some heads, but it's all good. Why don't you come over? We'll hang out. Let's go get some chicken wings. No, they didn't do that. He didn't do that. But what's he doing? He's praising God. Not only will it happen, but I want you to say in faith, it will happen. It will happen. You see, too often we go through life just saying, look what happened. Look what happened on Facebook. Your whole Facebook page is what happened. What happened? This happened and this happened and this happened. And we know and we don't care. You know, it's just one of them. We're just tired of it. We're seeing it over and over and over. But here's what the reality is. It will happen. We need to step into the zone where we get our eyes off of the problems around us and praise helps us do it. You see, too many of you are great at praying, you're bad at praising. Let me say it again. You are great at praying, you're bad at praising. You say, what's the big deal? I thought we we're supposed to pray without ceasing. Let me explain. Let me break it down because I see your judgment. I see you like, mm, I don't agree. That's good. I'm glad you're here at church. Here's why. Because prayer is about dealing with what's around us. I got the kids. I got the wife. I got the job. I got my car. I got all this stuff around. Prayer is about what's around you. Praise is about what's above you. Who? That's good. That's good. Too often, we're dealing with what's around us, and that's good. Let every pray without ceasing, the Bible says, but what's happening is you're great at praying. You're horrible at praising. See, Daniel didn't just stop at praying, did he? He moved on to praise, and that's when you see a shift happen. The shift happens. Somebody say shift this morning because that's what we need this morning. We need a shift to happen in our lives. I grew up, my first car was a five-speed. Thank God. God, it was a five-speed. I learned how to drive on a manual, none of this easy, you know, cruise control stuff. No, no, we felt like we really were driving. You had to put it in first, second gear, you know, you'd pop the clutch, you'd stall out. I mean, that was what driving was all about. Nowadays, pretty much, pretty soon, my kids, they won't have to drive. The driver's license, they're not going to need it. Their car's going to drive themselves, which is going to be a blessing. I'm not going to have to take them to school. I'm not going to have to take them anywhere. Matter of fact, when they get in trouble, I'm just going to send in the car to take them somewhere. Just like... Two-hour timeout in the car, take you away somewhere. I don't drive around, you know. Just just hit all the – take the 101 to San Francisco and bring them back, you know, in about two hours. It's about 5 o'clock. Yeah, I'll see you at 8, you know. You're fine. You're in the car and whatnot. You know, there's a babysitter right there, you know. And uh, so uh, some of you are like, you're a horrible dad. Get over it. And uh, so <laughs> – here's here's what happened and and so this life and these things that are going to happen we need to deal with it but we have to lift up our praise you say what is the definition of praise praise is aiming my heart at god that's what praise is praise is aiming my heart at God. It's saying, God, I got to get my eyes off of my situation, off of myself and onto something holy, onto something great. Because it's not just about seeing that God has the ability. It's also seeing that God has the authority over it. You see, God doesn't just have the ability to change it. He has the authority to change it. We don't just serve a God who can, we serve a God who will. So we believe it will happen. You see, we say it will. Daniel in verse 16, notice what he said. He goes to the king and he said to the king, he said, and what he would show the king, the interpretation. He said in faith in verse 16, he went to the king and he asked for time so that he might interpret the dream from him. He said, it will happen. He said, I'm saying it in faith. Some of us need to get out of the frustration and into the faith and start saying, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Touch your neighbor, wake him up this morning and say, it will happen. It will happen. What you're fretting about, what you're worried about, it will happen. You see, peace exist when the praise within you overwhelms the problems around you. Let's overwhelm those problems with our praise. So let's lift up a song of praise. Let's not just come into church. And here's what I think praise has been relegated to. Three songs on a Sunday. That's that's, that's the extent of our praise. Three songs on a Sunday. And if that's the extent, you are missing out on a powerful aspect of your spiritual faith. There's a book, it's called Psalms. There's 150 something Psalms. Over 50 of them were written by one man. His name was David. The book of Psalms is the book of songs. It was songs, it was music, it was praise, it was worship. It was pouring out his heart before God. David knew how to pray well, but he knew how to praise well. My question for you is, do you know how to praise well? Do you know how to thank God for what he's doing? Or are you just stuck in the mode where it's like, you know what? I'm just praying and I'm just praying. I'm just asking. Or are you going to say, God, I'm going to start praising you for what you're doing. I'm going to praise you because I know you're in control. I know you're good. I know you're great. And I'm going to ask God to do what I can not do because you and I need to get to that point where we say, God, you are in control this past week. I heard some pretty discouraging news and uh, it was a rumor. And, uh, when it comes to a rumor, I want to get the facts. I want to get it straightened out. I want to get it. So I know what's going on. I want to know that it's not just a rumor. I want to know, Hey, what's actually happening. And so I started to delve into it and I just couldn't get an answer. I went online to look and it had to do with our building somebody said, well, there's this petition that's going around, man, they got enough signatures to keep you out of the building, I said, well, I'm pretty good friends with people in the city, and they didn't say anything, and I've been working on this, and man, I was just out of the city, they didn't say anything, but, it, but you know how a rumor can get to you, you know how just something on Facebook can just get to you, you're like, I can't believe it's getting to me, you know, just that text message, somebody doesn't put a smiley emoticon, it just kind of gets to you, you're like, there's no smiley emoticon, and you know, or you text somebody, they don't text you back, and you just see the bubbles, like just the bubbles, you're like, text me back, please. Your anxiety is like, please, I got to know, you know, what are we having for dinner? You know, and uh, it's just simple, simple. You're going to pass out if you don't know. And uh, uh, so I was like, man, what's going on? But the only thing I knew I could do was just pray about it. So I just went into the building, and I just started going through the building like a crazy man, just putting my hands on the walls and saying, God, I pray that you would just give us this building. And I started quoting Joshua 1.4, where it says, Joshua gave this, this promise, or God gave a promise to Abraham. Said, anywhere the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given you. And man, I kind of went old King James English. I was like, Dear God, wherever we place the sole, of my feet tread. I pray that you would give it to me. And I'm quoting scripture to these walls. And i was like, God, I know this promise is for them, but would you give this promise to us? And I'm just going through the building, just praying, just hour after hour, just praying, just saying, God, please, please give it. But then something happened, church. Listen to me. I'm not super like, oh, I heard this voice from heaven, but I could tell something had happened. God had said something. He said, stop praying for it and start praising me for it. So I was like, okay, all right, okay. So, I went through the building a second time, and this is where the shift happens. This is where the shift for you, I think, is going to be so powerful. Is because then I started walking through the building and I started thanking God for it. I said, God, this is going to be a lobby. We're going to see your coffee, and people are going to get checked in. And it's going to be warm. It's going to be cozy. It's going to be beautiful. And God, this is going to be the auditorium. There's going to be preaching. And I'm going to scream like a wild man in here when we get in here. We're going to have hundreds of chairs. There's going to be worship in here. It's going to be loud. It's going to be great. And God, this is going to be our children's area where children are going to memorize the Bible. They're going to get to hear the Word of God. Their lives are going to be changed. This is going to be a classroom we're going to pray. God, these are going to be the restrooms where we're going to rest. And, and God, this drinking fountain, I just went through the building, and I was just praying, and I was just thanking God for it. And, man, I just kept, I know people walking by, they could see me in there just waving my hands. Like, what is he on? And, and it doesn't matter. I'm just your local pastor, you know, just on nothing. This is natural, you know. And uh, so, you know, I just started praying. And, and at 4 o'clock, I got done. And my office is across the street from our building. So then I walked back to our office. So I got done praying at 4. I walk back into my office at 410. I sit down on my laptop and I open up my email. And as soon as I open it up, boom, an email hits. His email is from Rayleigh's. And they said, based on a previous contract, it was a six months free lease. They said, We just met. The board just met at Rayleigh's. They said, in the email, we've amended your contract. We're now giving you the building free till 2021. God didn't just take the prayer. He said, let's get some praise going on. Let's shift something. And some of you know how to pray. But I'm asking you, church, do you know how to praise him? Do you know how to praise him when it seems like everything's going wrong? When it seems like all hell is breaking loose? Do you know how to praise God? Do you know how to lift up a voice of praise and say, thank you, God, for this? Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, I don't understand it. But, God, I know you're still good. I know you're still in charge. And here even Daniel said, we're praying to the God in heaven. He's the God of heaven. He owns it all. He created it all. That's who we serve. And so our praise is taking aim. It's aiming our heart at God and believing it will happen. Believing that God will do something. You see, prayer looks down at the problem, but praise looks up to the solution. You see, praise helps us to engage with the presence of God over the problem that are present. You see, that's what praise does. You see, the Bible says in Psalms, God inhabits our praise. You see, I want more of God. Start praising He said, I don't have a very good voice. I don't care. Be that person that you sing and you make a joyful noise. You say, I don't care. I don't just sing in the shower. I will sing whenever. Why? Because God is good. Here's what's amazing. You know why these these Hebrews could pray? You know why they could praise God? Because God in chapter one just saved them from a dire circumstance. They made it. They've been through it. So you know what these Hebrews could say? I've been here before. I've been in a desperate situation. I watched my parents pass away. I watched my home drift into the sunset. I've been here before. Some of you need to realize that you've been here before. You've been hurt before. You've been betrayed before. You've been stabbed in the back before. You've been lied. To before. You've had bad stuff happen, and God's been good then, and He's gonna be good now. So you don't have to wait and wonder, but you can say, God, I'm gonna praise you that you are good. You're on the throne, you are in charge, and I will believe you. God is doing great things. But here's the best part of the message. We said it will happen. We said it happened. You can't change it. It happened. It will happen. But man, here's what I love. Here's what I love. I began reading this chapter. There's so much this chapter. But then I came to verse 23. Verse 23, the Bible says, I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You've given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what you asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Therefore, Daniel went to Erok, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men. He went to the very guy that was after him. Some of you need to stop running from what's chasing you and say, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to face it. I'm going to go after it. So Daniel goes to the same guy who was sharpening his axe earlier to take his head. He said, hey, I've got the dream. And he goes to nebuchadnezzar and he says in verse 28 but there is a god in heaven who reveals secrets and makes known to the king nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed are these and he tells him the dream the entire thing and then we don't have time but the end of the chapter is all about how the king promoted him and bible says made him a great man is what the bible says promoted him far above anybody else gave him promotions so i looked at this we said it happened. He couldn't change it. But in faith, he believed that it would change. So he believed it would happen. But you know, I love verse 23 so much because he says, I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. Stop for a second. Get ready. Touch your neighbor and say, get ready for it. Get ready for it. It happened. But it didn't just happen. It will happen. But Daniel went back and said, I'm glad it happened. It happened. That's what he said. Verse 23. He's like, I thank God. I'm glad that it happened. He said, I wouldn't change it. He said, yeah, I've been through a lot of bad things. Yeah, I've been difficulties. Yeah, it didn't, I didn't plan it. But I'm glad it happened. Look what happened. I'm promoted. Not only did he get promoted, not only did he get to a new level, now it's opened new doors where he's able to influence the king. You see, here's what's going to happen. Here's what I know. You say, I've been through the worst situation. And I I may have not gone through that situation, but I'm here to tell you that there are things you're going to go through that you're going to look back and say, God, I'm glad that happened because it opened up a door I never thought possible. I went through that, and I can look at my life and the things that have happened with even the last couple of years, and I say, you know, I'm glad that all happened. In the moment, I didn't feel like that, but now I feel like that. Because my praise helps me to see beyond my problems there's this old movie, it's called Patton. Anybody ever see that movie, Patton? Wow, a lot more of you saw that movie than the first service. The first service, I think, is just more spiritual in this service. I notice we watch a lot of movies. That's not a problem. They're just more spiritual. Alright, we can judge them. Um, but, in this service, there's more people who've seen the movie Patton. I mentioned The Quiet Place, now I'm mentioning Patton. I'm trying to cover all my age groups, okay? And uh, Patton came out at the end of the movie. Patton is facing Rommel. Rommel had the German uh, Panzer Division with all the tanks. And it, was a, it They were outnumbered. The German army had outnumbered them. But then Rommel starts defeat or, or Patton starts defeating Rommel in the movie. And in the movie, there's this great scene where Patton gets up on a bluff and, you know, he just looks intimidating, you know, and he stands up there and he starts yelling, Patton or Rommel, I read your book. Rommel had written a book about tanks and said, I read your book. I know your strategy. I got you figured out. You see, you and I, we have a book. And we've read it. We know the end. We know what happens. We don't have to live in fear. I don't have to be stressed out. I don't have to be overwhelmed. I don't have to be depressed because I know that God has it figured out. I've read the end. I know that Jesus wins. I know that we make it to heaven. I know that God's doing something. So I'm glad it happened. I'm glad because the Bible says in Romans 8.28, all things work together for good to them who are the called according to his purpose. God is going to get the glory in this. God is going to be glorified over and above this. You say, Yes, but I'm hurting and I'm going through pain. He didn't promise you a pain-free life but you can have a a praiseful life. You won't have pain-free. You won't have problem-free, but you can have a praiseful life. And I think too often we get into this Christianity that says there won't be any problems. I'm here to tell you, there is gonna be problems. You live in a sin-sick, broken world, and every day we're reminded of it. Our church was invited to an event at Oak Grove High School. Why? Because students were walking out to champion gun control because the students are opening fire on other students. What day and age did we ever think that was going to happen? Where students will go into school and murder their own classmates for no apparent reason. They can't give us a good, good enough reason. They can't say, oh, they just hate it. No, it's just something that's happening. This is the day and age we're living in. And so we've got to say, God, I'm glad you're working. I'm glad you're in control. I'm glad you're above it all. And you and I, we may not understand the reason, but we can still give God praise for the result. You see, God's still working. And this morning, I want to ask you that question again. You may be good at praying, but are you good at praising? Because if we as a church want to see God do a shift, it's going to be because we learn how to praise him, not just pray. And I think it's good to pray. I'm all about prayer. But I think we've got to take it to the next level and say, God, I'm going to praise you for this. Because that's the ultimate testimony of faith. Where else do we exercise our faith? But we thank God for these things. You say, there's a situation right now, and I'm facing this bill. Thank God for his provision. You say, I don't have it yet, but thank him for it. That takes faith. That seems crazy. There's things and dreams I've circled in my journal that I'm believing that God will do, that he's done, and he's answered, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do in the future. I grew up in a church where we'd have a midweek prayer meeting. We'd come to church on a Thursday night, and man, on one side of a little sheet, you would have all the prayer requests, and, and, and sister, so-and-so is sick, and, and what's his name, so-and-so. They got to go to the doctor, and, and, and all this. And then on the other side, they had the praises. And here's what we need to realize when it comes to God, that it's not just a prayer request, but we need to focus on the praise. We need to get to the point where we treat them both the same. We take them both to God, because we're not going to focus on one us around us, but we are going to start getting elevated to start looking at what's above us. Let's get above it this morning. Can we stand as we close out? This worship team's gonna sing a great song. It's an old song, it's a classic song. But I think too often we come to church and we're not ready to praise him. We say, well, I don't have a good voice. I'll just stand there and look at the words. Would you engage your heart this morning? God wants to speak. God wants you to worship him. He wants you to praise him. It's not enough just to pray. Let's take it to the next level and let's praise him because it aims my heart at God and my heart needs to see God. Let's sing it out together. You know this song. Let's sing and worship the Lord. Let's pour out our hearts to him. His name is holy. His name is above. It's on his name we call. It's on his name we rely. It's on his name that we rest. It's in the name of Jesus that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord, he is God, he is above it all. He rules and he reigns, not just in heaven, but here and at-